Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. Today's Talking with Tata podcast guest is Julia Neto, the founder of Her Move, which is a platform fully geared towards fitness for female biology. She also works with men. But what Julia is now trying to do is forming a company based off of the different stages of pregnancy, prenatal, during pregnancy, and postnatal. I'll let her explain to you, but a few of the things we're going to talk about is how Julia got started in her business with her dance background, why she chose to work with moms throughout pregnancy, and just her history of working with different doctors to learn about biology of women. She's going to teach us a little bit about the different stages of pregnancy and what is safe and what is not safe, as well as the videos that she is making and this new pregnancy program that I'm very excited for her to share with you all. I wanted the purpose of the program to be making everything super clear. Here's what you should be focusing on during the first part of your first trimester. Here's what you should be focusing on in the last few weeks before you give birth. It's not up to everybody else to need to know what they should be doing. I'm the one who should know what they should be doing. So I like to make it super clear, easy to follow. You log on. It's like, okay, these are my five workouts throughout the week. I can put them together in any way I see fit, but this is what I should be focusing on. As a reminder, each episode, we do a Tata's tip of the week. And today's tip of the week is going to be simplifying your language for routine. What does this mean? Do you ever feel as though your child is just blankly staring at you? Or do you ever feel as though you might be you know, lecturing your child when you're speaking, and they really might not be understanding you, despite how many words they have, how old they are. So what we always suggest is that you simplify your language for them. What does that mean? Instead of saying, today we're going to go outside to play, but first you have to clean up your room if you want to go outside. That's just a lot of words. It doesn't matter how smart your child is. It's a lot to say at once. So instead, we like to sequence out the steps. It's time to play. First, clean up, then we go outside. Or you can add in a few words. It's time to play. First, clean up, then we will play outside. So you don't have to make it two to three words, but it makes more sense for your child if you are simplifying it. Another example is we can go to play after you eat your breakfast, but you can try first we eat, then we play. So sequencing is an order of steps. First step, second step, third step. What you can also do is first, then. And our goal is not to use too many words, to slow down your speech, which is something we all struggle with. Less is more in this case. And there are times that I always tell you to introduce more words to your child. The higher vocabulary, the, you know, um, more words they're going to use in the future. Yes, that is true, but you can do that in a simpler way. First, we this, then we that. And that is today's Tata's Tip of the Week. I am very excited to welcome Julia Neto, founder of Her Move, a platform fully geared towards fitness for female biology. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. Excited to be here. So obviously, we are very good friends, and I have been working out with you since... 
I think COVID 2020. For our listeners who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the industry, and then how your business has recently changed. So I have been a personal trainer as well as a professional dancer in New York City for the past seven years. I spent most of that time working for a wonderful company called Body Conceptions, where I really specialized in one-on-one training, especially during times like pregnancy and postpartum recovery. It has been the most amazing experience getting to help so many women throughout their entire pregnancy, seeing them week after week, helping them through their recoveries, and then oftentimes working with those same women again during their next pregnancy. And I really developed such a passion for this work because it is so needed and so specific. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I really was inspired to start my own company, which is called Her Move. And the whole point of this project is really just bringing all the information I've gleaned over the past seven years to a much wider population because most women uh, experience pregnancy at some point in their life. And so everybody really needs this information and yet it can be really hard to come across, especially when it comes to fitness. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to just make it even more accessible and available to a broader scope of people. Okay. So you and I used to um, work together and now we're friends. So I know that you have a big background in dance. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And then do you apply dance to your new videos? And just tell us a little bit about what moms can expect from your new videos. Absolutely. So I always say that even though I've done countless certifications through fitness, I'm a certified personal trainer, I've done additional certifications. Being a dancer just really teaches you about every single inch muscle, tendon, bone in your body Mm -hmm. and having that awareness at all times of what's going on. Um, So that has truly taught me so much and comes into play so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But beyond just that, I also think it teaches you to enjoy movement and see it as something that's a positive addition to your life and not something that you do to punish yourself or to achieve a desired result. Mm -hmm. So I really like to bring that approach with my clients. And even though the focus of this particular program I'm developing is not dance fitness, the point is like joyful movement that makes you feel good inside your body and is nourishing to your body rather than something that's about tearing it down. Um, So that's what you can expect from her move. And we do have a focus on strength training. I really believe that strength training is super important for women as it pertains to aging, bone health, metabolism and building muscle. Mm -hmm. All those things are super important and sometimes overlooked when it comes to women's fitness in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like a mix of those things. Focus on strength training with a lot of joy, appreciation and nourishment for the body as well. And then when you say strength training, do you mean working with 50 pound weights or like two to three pound weights? Do you like body weight or do you like to incorporate different um, weights in the gym as well and accessories? Yeah, good question. I mean, I have always really loved dance-based workouts, Pilates, bar. It really feels good in the body and is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I do really think that it is important for us to spend some time focusing on actually building muscle which does usually require slightly heavier weights. I'm not personally one to um, do major squats with the barbell. I don't even know what most of that equipment is for, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um, And it's also really important to me that all this can be done from the comfort of your home, especially for moms. I think it's super important to be able to get in, get out. Not everybody has access to a gym. So I try to utilize body weight and lighter weights in a way that's still really effective and helps you actually build muscle, um, and get stronger, even Mm -hmm. without lifting super heavy. Okay, so you basically like to incorporate it all, but really with a focus on just what feels good for your body, which I like to hear because I know it depends on the day. I can wake up and 
I might feel really fatigued and lethargic and the next day I could have a lot of energy. And when we used to work together, you know, you know, just every day is different. 7 a.m. on Monday could be different than 7 a.m. on Wednesday. So um, I appreciate that. So tell us a little Absolutely. bit about the videos you're making. Do you want to split them up by body part or different stages in the pregnancy? What are you trying to teach people through these videos? Yeah, so I am trying to make a program that's really easy to follow and kind of clear on what you should be doing week by week. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I've joined other online fitness platforms that have been great, but I feel like it can be so overwhelming to just log into a video library and you see 500 videos and you're like, I have no idea what is even good for me to be doing right now. And right. then that is especially true when you're pregnant or recovering postpartum. That's when you really need that guidance. So I wanted the purpose of the program to be making everything super clear. Here's what you should be focusing on during the first part of your first trimester. Here's what you should yep. be focusing on in the last few weeks before you give birth. It's not up to everybody else to need to know what they should be doing. I'm the one who should know what they should be doing. Right. So I like to make it super clear, easy to follow. You log on. It's like, okay, these are my five workouts throughout the week. I can put them together in any way I see fit, but this is what I should be focusing on. Okay. So this week of my pregnancy, I'm going to be doing this. Next week, I'm going to be doing this. I'm in you know, the first trimester, the second, the third. So you're really making it by category, essentially, of just safety throughout the pregnancy. Yep. And I like to cover some other topics that are related to fitness oh. for each trimester. So okay. it symptoms you might be experiencing in the first trimester, a lot of women experience nausea, fatigue. So I kind of discuss how to work out through those conditions, or maybe how to know when those conditions might mean it's maybe not the best day to work out. And just using strategies that I've kind of observed that have worked for my clients in the past, mm -hmm. um, because each trimester is super different. Each week is different. Each day is different. Yep. So I'm trying to teach people to listen to their own body and really start being intuitive about the movement that they're doing during the pregnancy. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you leave a doctor's office and again, I'm not a mom yet. And whether it's a physician or just your general practitioner, OBGYN, you leave and they're like, you're good. You're healthy. See ya. You know, yeah, sure. You can work out. But I think especially for first time moms, they're not so secure about that. They might feel more insecure about, well, is this okay for the baby? Can I do a plank? Should I hold my core? You know, can I even do abs? So I think these are all helpful tips that you're going to be teaching moms. On that note, how do you know so much about this? Do you work with any doctors? Are you like hooked up with the fertility clinics? How do you um, specifically know just so much about the anatomy and just pregnancy in general? Yeah, good question. You know, it's interesting because as a field, fitness has come really far with this information just in the amount of time I've been working in the field. So I did a certification as soon as I became a personal trainer seven years ago in pre and postnatal fitness. But it's funny now looking back at what I know now compared to that, it's yeah. we've come so far. A few years ago, I did an incredible certification through a pelvic floor physical therapist that was specifically designed for physical therapists and personal trainers. So it was incredibly in-depth and it was called postpartum corrective exercise specialty. So it really got into the nitty gritty of the pelvic floor, the deep core, common issues that a lot of women experience like diastasis, mm -hmm. pelvic prolapse, um, a lot of the things that people are concerned about. So that equipped me with so much information that I really went in-depth with. And mm -hmm. then once I started bringing it to my clients, I mean, not enough can be said for how much I've learned just working with people and seeing 
the same people week after week, seeing how things actually progress, seeing how things actually heal, trying out different strategies and mm -hmm. finding what works. It's really been like the field work and doing this so much that has given me the confidence to, there's very few things I haven't seen before, which is a cool place to be in because it allows me to offer comfort to a lot of people and guidance. Right. And then beyond just the personal training side, I do meet with a lot of different specialists to kind of run things by them, whether it be pelvic floor physical therapists, I'll go and do in-services where I'll demonstrate some of the techniques I'm using and get their opinion on it, ask them about some of the things that they do and incorporate those movements and exercises into my programs. And I've done the same with fertility clinics as well, meeting with fertility doctors, learning especially about even when it comes to um, egg freezing, mm -hmm. retrieval, the whole IVF process can be really delicate too. And almost even more so than pregnancy, that can be a time where people feel a lot of fear around exercise. So yeah. Right. No, I think, I think it with makes... the ovaries too, right? Like I know there's so many things mm -hmm. that people have to be careful of when they're going through the whole fertility egg freezing process. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a delicate time. And, you know, women care about their bodies and what happens to them. But once you put a baby in the mix, it's like everything becomes that much scarier because you yeah. don't want to mess anything up. And I totally get that. So as gently as possible, I like to like guide people through and be like, you know, this is safe, but hey, I want you to do yeah. what makes you feel comfortable too yeah. at the end of the day. Absolutely. Right. You're going to give them the information and then they can do with that what they want, which I think is great. So do you have to be pregnant to join your program? Tell us about, you know, who should join and just at what stage they can join and when they should stop. Good question. So this is um, a brand new company. So mm -hmm. everything's still in the works. So I'll kind of be launching things in phases, but okay. I am putting all my focus currently in the pregnancy program, which hopefully will be ready in the next few weeks. Great. But I'm starting with that. You can start it at any point in mm -hmm. your pregnancy. It's going to be specific week by week to take you through the entire thing. I started at six weeks all the way up to 40 weeks. And though I feel those workouts would, I find them challenging workouts. <laughs> I've been filming some of them and I'm like, wow, I'm sore. So I do think they're challenging for the general public as well. Um, but they're definitely tailored towards pregnancy. Okay. So if you're not pregnant, you might be more interested in waiting for one of the next two programs. The next program will be the postpartum recovery program, which I'm also really excited about because that's going to get really individualized. Okay. Um, you know, postpartum recovery is a super individual process, depending on the type of birth you had, the type of pregnancy you had, any complications that occurred, things like C-section, one of the big ones, diastasis recti. Can you explain what that is? I know it's something with your mm -hmm. um, abs, right? What exactly is that? Yeah, sure. So diastasis is a hot topic right now because, you know, it, it sounds terrifying. Basically what it is, is the right down the center of your rectus abdominis muscles, there's a piece of tissue called the linea alba. And that tissue stretches pretty wide while you're pregnant. And this is very normal. It has to happen. That's just where the stretching mm -hmm. needs to occur. So everybody experiences it during the end of pregnancy. However, for some women, those muscles don't just snap right back together on their own, and that gap can remain. So anything more than a two-finger gap right down the center of that linea alba is considered a diastasis and should technically be worked on bringing back together. Yeah, it can affect your exercise choices for sure. There are certain things that can worsen it, mm -hmm. um, and then there are certain things that can really help. So it sounds scary and a lot of people start to suggest things like surgery to treat it, but it's, it really is super treatable by exercise nine times out of 10, I would say. Mm -hmm. So 
just understanding what's going on, working with either a physical therapist or a trainer like me who specializes in it can really make such a difference. Right. And that's something I think I'm excited to see what your videos are because I didn't know what this was. You know, what I'm picturing now, not to oversimplify it, is like a ponytail. It can stretch and the more you, I guess, use it, it might get bigger, but usually it snaps back. But some of them get really stretchy and don't snap back. Obviously, it's more complicated than that, but that's something I, you know, I'm female. I did not know about this. So um, I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see you introduce these different things into your videos. Yeah, it's honestly, you know, for people who are well-versed in fitness or who who are super into self-care and that type of thing, it is well-known. But, you know, I think of people across the country who maybe don't live in a major city or have access to these like in-depth types of fitness or physical therapy And it affects so many people and it really is kind of preventable, not entirely preventable. There's a lot of factors, but there's definitely a lot you can do to recover from it and improve it. Mm -hmm. So I, I care a lot about making that accessible for sure. Absolutely. To kind of tie it back to our Talking with Tata community, we work with a lot of moms, a lot of veteran moms who might have five kids, a lot of new moms who are on their first child or ready to have their second. And a lot of them are nervous, but they wrote in a lot of questions for us. So I wanted to throw some questions at you and open up discussion just to answer those. So talking about the core and the abs, can I work on my core when I'm pregnant? And a lot of doctors tell me not to work on my abs at different stages. Can you explain a little bit about how people can safely work on their core? It's, you know, really common for people who don't have a ton of pre and postnatal fitness experience to kind of give blanket statements of what to avoid. Uh, But there's much more to pre and postnatal fitness than what not to do. There's Mm -hmm. a lot that we should be doing as well. And so that's especially true when it comes to core work. And so understanding core work really just comes down to knowing that the most important thing you can work on is your deep core and your pelvic floor. Not so much those six pack ab muscles (laughs) that you see. Um, Even though it's nice for aesthetics, they're not super functional for us as people and what we need to do, especially when it comes to supporting the pregnancy. So working on your deep core and pelvic floor, actually one of the best things you can do is learning proper breathing mechanics. And it sounds so silly, but learning proper breathing is the number one thing I say matters the most with pregnancy and postpartum. And proper breathing is a core exercise. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes down, it's it's not so easy to simplify and to do this, don't do yeah. that. For the most part, if I had to like water it down a little bit, you want to focus on movements that work on stability and kind of asymmetry. So things like dead bugs, things like um, balancing on one leg and kind of asymmetrical weight work so that you're challenging the stability part of the core, which Mm -hmm. is that deep core, rather than things like crunches where you're just curling the spine because that's what works on those six pack muscles, which we don't need so much during pregnancy. Yeah. Can't see them anyway. So who cares if they're there? Um, (laughs) Okay. That was very helpful. Thank you. And what are your top tips for prepping for labor? Is there any exercise or suggestion, like you said, breathing that women can do to really just prepare themselves for that in the moment I am pushing out a child? It's kind of counterintuitive. So we work a lot on our pelvic floor throughout the pregnancy, making sure that pelvic floor is strong. It can support us. It's supporting the weight of the baby Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a sling for your uterus, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, However, when it comes to actually prepping for birth, the misconception is we don't need a super strong pelvic floor necessarily for the birth process. We actually need it to be able to move and release out of the way so that the baby can come through. So if we've spent the whole pregnancy just tightening, 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 doing those kegels over and over and not learning how to release the pelvic floor, 
that can actually cause some major issues and can lead to things like tearing um, and, and pain and more, you know, destructive mm-hmm. outcomes during birth. So learning to relax the pelvic floor is super important. And that can be done through breathing techniques. And then also what might be surprising is it, it has a lot to do with your mindset and mm-hmm. mental state too. So things like meditation, really just bringing your entire nervous system to a more calm place, which is easier said than done <laughs> when you're about to push a human out, <laughs> is so important for making sure that body, it's like your body kind of has to trust you. Mm-hmm. So if you put it into this stressful state and you're there the whole pregnancy, and then you go through the stressful experience of birth that way, your body's going to kind of fight back. Mm-hmm. But if you can get yourself to a more calm and accepting state where you're flexible, you've opened those hips and you're allowing things to happen, it generally leads to better outcomes. Yeah. And I think that really makes sense with what a lot of OBGYNs say. They're like, you know, you're contracting too much, relax, which again, easier mm-hmm. said than done. But even during a typical physical with an OBGYN, the goal is just to breathe in and out. Um, I know when you and I used to work out together, it was a lot of you. Well, at the time, we were also working out with my very pregnant sister, but we were saying you were always teaching us, you know, the difference between Kegels and breathing and just, you know, yes, you might be tightening for that 10 second, but then you're releasing. So I think that is a very important part to learn and just to remind our moms, which can really be said for anything. It doesn't just have to be during labor. It can just be during pregnancy. You're holding so much weight and stress and anxiety and tension. Again, not pregnant over here, but I also hold a lot of my stress and you might be holding it in your shoulders, your knees, just different areas, but trying to just let go of everything. Um, So I think that's a great tip for all of our listeners to hear. So when can I start working out post-baby? I know that some doctors say six weeks for like after their checkup. What do you think is kind of a good time, whether it's starting with breathing or just your program in general? Pregnancy and postpartum recovery are so individual. So I never like to, everyone's always like, how long will it take for me to get back? They want like hard numbers on everything. Give me three months to get back to that six pack. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. That's just unfortunately not how the body works. Um, Patience is a virtue. But you know, it's hard because for a lot of people, they've been out of it for a while. And it's one of those things that makes them feel like themselves again. Mm -hmm. So I understand the reasoning for wanting to get back. Generally recommend waiting until that follow up appointment with your doctor, especially for situations like C section, where you really should wait until those six weeks, because Mm -hmm. we need to make sure something like a C-section scar or anything involving tearing that may have happened and stitching that may have happened needs to be fully healed before you get back to Mm -hmm. um, general exercise. However, I will say, especially if you are, say, coming back from having your third baby, you can't tell me that that mom is not already being (laughs) extremely active at her house, taking care of her kids. So, you know, I think we have to be realistic about it, too. It's not realistic for many women to be on bed rest for six weeks, and it's not necessarily beneficial either. So it is important to start back up with that breath work, kind of reconnecting to the pelvic floor. And then even just functional movements, you wouldn't even think of like getting up and down from the couch in kind of like a squat position, getting up and down from the floor, because we need those movements for daily life sooner than six weeks postpartum, oftentimes. But again, it's all kind of your baseline, what you're used to. If you had a very intense surgery when involved in your birth, and you're needing more time to rest and let the tissue heal, then by all means, take that time. And then I would also just say, make sure you're thinking of easing back in. Mm -hmm. It's not, okay, great. I'm jumping right back into my dance cardio hit class. Like the second I start working out again, you're, I always say it's like rebuilding a house. Like you have to, when you build a house, you have to start with the foundation 
then you do all the scaffolding. I don't know how building really works, but, <laughs> and then you put everything else on top. It's not going to just be like popping up overnight. Yeah. That's really important for preventing injury or worsening issues like diastasis, pelvic floor issues, stuff like that. Absolutely. And I think that was great advice. So earlier in the podcast, you mentioned just fertility treatment, egg freezing, and just um, different issues that people have with fertility. You know, is exercise good or bad for fertility? There's no right or wrong answer, but um, especially when you're, you know, freezing your eggs or just trying to get pregnant, a lot of our moms feel defeated at some point and need to work out or are scared to work out because they're going through another round of IVF. Do you have any opinion on that? Again, it's one of those things you can't necessarily put blanket statements yeah. on. Also, the research on it is newer and not as fully fleshed out. Mm -hmm. But I think the best way to kind of simplify it is I personally believe that a lot of fertility issues do come back to stress. And exercise has an interesting relationship with stress because exercise can totally be a stress reliever. However, exercise also is stress and especially certain forms of exercise. So if you've ever done a workout where you left feeling like you were going to just melt into a puddle on the ground and not get up for the rest of the day, then you unfortunately put your body under a ton of stress in that workout. Yeah. So I just think it comes down to what we need to manage. I think some movement is really important for managing stress. So if you're in a stressful time, like trying to get pregnant or dealing with fertility issues, you might need that release, that mm -hmm. balance. It's also just really healthy to have that level of, um, you know, cardiovascular mm -hmm. and muscular work, but there's a limit to everything. And if we're doing something like a HIIT workout five times a week, that's where we might realize that we need to pull back a little bit um, because your body needs to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Your body needs to feel like and focus on the fertility process. And there's enough energy, there's enough calories left to do that. And we don't want to be depleting ourselves with exercise getting in the way of those processes. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a perfect answer to kind of to piggyback off of that. Um, I guess you honestly just answered it, but how much is too much? Would you say it's when you're falling into a puddle on the floor or when your body is just the next day you can't move? You know, for you, is there like a boundary, would you say? Yeah, I think the way you just described it is great because it has a lot to do with how you feel mm -hmm. uh, after the workout. You don't want to feel completely defeated and drained after the workout. You want to feel energized mm -hmm. after your workout. So it should be enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It should leave you feeling better than when you started. And you know, everyone has a different baseline. There are people who run marathons or are used to doing hit classes seven days a week. So it might not feel that way for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's still healthy. Mm -hmm. I really think you need at least two days off a week for mm -hmm. rest and recovery. Continually working out the same muscles day after day is not going to produce any positive outcomes because yeah. your muscles need time to recover mm -hmm. in between. And I personally think that focusing a little bit more on strength training is just more beneficial for your metabolism, building muscle, um, and keeping the stress hormone that comes up during workouts is called cortisol. And mm -hmm. we want to avoid really spiking that cortisol um, because that's known to interfere with our hormones and fertility. Yeah, just trying not to rock the boat so much that our body's like, what just happened? Because again, if your body doesn't feel safe, it kind of takes you back to like our early days as humans. If we're running on the prairie all day and we know we're not safe, our body's not going to want to bring a baby into the world. Mm -hmm. So we need to create that feeling of safety, of routine, of stability, and that's going to make us feel more inviting in terms of fertility. 
Absolutely. It almost seems like a fight or flight response. You know, you don't want your body to get into this panic mode. You want it to be prepared for when the baby's ready to come or wants to come. And our final question, which again, I think there might not be one answer. It might be more individualized. When in my pregnancy should I stop working out? If I should stop working out, I guess I should say. I know. I want to say never, but of course, everyone's really different. Over the years, I've just been genuinely shocked at how resilient and strong women are. And Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many women I've trained like the day or the day before they give birth. Mm -hmm. And they're still kicking. They still want to get some stuff done. That being said, the workout you're doing at 10 weeks pregnant is not going to be the workout you're doing at 40 weeks pregnant. Of course, modifications need to happen. But I believe if you're modifying properly and you're kind of making those adjustments by listening to your body as you go, Mm -hmm. there usually is still a lot that can be done in those last few weeks. And I find people tend to feel a lot better if they can maintain some form of movement. Mm -hmm. If that's a little bit of arms, breathing and stretching for you in those last few weeks, great. I really think anything is better than nothing. And generally it helps with mindset, energy level, releasing that pelvic floor. You'd be shocked, but like doing a full workout could help release that pelvic floor. Whereas if you're just sitting there stewing in your anxiety, it's going to tighten that pelvic floor. So I personally think as long as you feel good um, and you're able to modify properly, you shouldn't feel like you have to stop just because you're in those last few weeks of pregnancy. My sister tends to be my role model with pregnancy because she has two, two and four and a half and about to have a third. And she listens to her body. So whether it's Pilates or very lightweight training or just going on walks, going in the pool. You know, I always say she listens to her body, but she's, you know, she feels strong. Her arms look incredible, but I always say like she feels strong. She feels good. Um, And I know that I think she firmly believes that it really helps her when the baby's ready to come because she just feels strong and mentally she feels strong as well. doesn't mean there's not fears with everything, but I think that's a perfect example. And I know you worked with her throughout her first two pregnancies and a lot of what you taught was just like a mindset. If your body feels this way, your mindset feels this way, it's kind of like the mind-body connection, which I think was important when we used to work out with you. And now it seems like you're going to be sharing all this info with all of your new videos coming up. Yeah, for sure. So for our listeners who don't follow you just yet, where can they find you on social media and where will they be able to sign up and purchase your videos? Yeah. So my Instagram is her move. There's two underscores. So it's her underscore move underscore. And my website is hermovewellness.com. Um, I'll be announcing everything on Instagram, but I also recommend following along with my newsletter if you want to know when it's coming out because I'll be giving a little bit of an extra heads up and like special access to my newsletter followers. So you can find that right through my Instagram. The link is right there. Perfect. So Instagram, website, newsletters, and we will look out for your videos. Thank you so much, Julia. I think our Talking with Tata community is going to be very excited to hear all of this information you shared with us. Yes, I hope so. And feel free to message me on Instagram or through my website. If you have any additional questions, I'm always happy to offer advice and hear what's going on. Perfect. Thank you. Tune in and subscribe to the Talking with Tata podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, And don't forget to check out our website, talkingwithtata.com. You can also follow along on our Instagram at talkingwithtata.